So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh, baby, that was good. I am stupid. <laughs> I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what they like. This week kicks off our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles month, and we're talking about comic books. My name is Jeff, and I recently bought my first TMNT action figures in about three years. My name is Jimmy, and it's always fun to tell people that the turtle straight up murdered people in the first comic. My name is Dan, and when I was a senior in high school, the school asked our parents to submit childhood pictures of us, and the one that my parents submitted was a picture of me reading a Ninja Turtles book about how they filmed the first movie. I was seven. I want that book. I want it, it too. It wasn't even just like one of those like books that they had in the. It was just a behind the scenes yep. how they filmed the movie. I'm seven years old watching guys that. in costumes. In the picture that's in my senior yearbook, I'm holding the book up. <laughs> And you could see a picture of the actor who played Shredder without his full mask on. Also, can I please congratulate all of us on picking a topical fun fact? Yeah. I know. I thought that was. I wrote three of them. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Sometimes we try, but we never plan beforehand. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes I try to say goodbye, but I choke. It's like the weirdest thing that happens. Try to walk away and I stumble. Yeah. I have a lot of Ninja Turtles toys. I've been putting off filming a collection video for a long time because it's going to be a lot of work and I don't feel like it. Um, and boring. Yeah, that too. Make it exciting with like like lots of quick cuts and zooms Here. into like just action figures and boxes. Here's a mint, here's a mint wow. on card quarry. I'm going to shred it. <laughs> it's worth $1,500. Now it's worth There's nothing. There's like TikTok channels where they just sh- show people throwing things into wood chippers. Just do that. There's also a magic trend where they call the rip it or flip it. And they rip it face down and then flip it over and it's an That's expensive right, card. Yeah. I, hate just, I hate it so much. That just much. seems really dumb. Yeah. Really hate that trend. I mean, when you're making money on you. Yeah. So anyway, I don't buy like these high quality, like $40 each action figures, except for this last month when I bought four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because nice. what did your wife say? She's an enabler. She's like, oh, now he'll not be on me for buying my things. And I was like, never was. That's dangerous. (laughs) Luckily, you're more financially conservative about everything else. Because when you get two people who like enable their spending, then you're just like, I guess we'll declare bankruptcy. (laughs) Well, they announced a last Ronin figure. And I was like, that's cool. And it was like, it was from Playmates. It was the old style, but like of last Ronin. And I was like, let me buy it. What five and a half inch. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. But then NECA came out with a last Ronin figure that looks fucking good. It does. It makes yeah. the other one look like a literal turd. One day later, people are like, why would they even release the first one? It's <laughs> trash. Pre ordered them both. I'll probably cancel the How first one. How big is the NECA one? Same size. I oh, think. really? Because usually they do like 12 inches. And they've been doing um, release these really nice figures of the 80s cartoons, like these collector edition ones, yeah. which I don't care about. But they announced Usagi Yojimbo. Uh, and I was like, I got to get it. And then all, then they're like, it'll match that poster that's in a tube somewhere. Yes. <laughs> and then they announced Fugitoid. And I'm like, mother of God. So I pre-ordered that yesterday. Fugitoid's yeah. your guy. He's yeah. my boy. And it looks really good. Uh. Man, my biggest regret was not getting that Leo pack that had like every iteration of Leonardo. 
Yeah, those floated around for a little while. It just looked really cool. I think they're pretty easy to get. My biggest regret is Comic-Con 2009, the 25-year anniversary of Ninja Turtles. Eastman and Laird appeared together for like one of the first times in a long time. And they came out with the NECA four pack and it was like 50 bucks. I went to the comic convention with 14 cents in my bank account and couldn't buy it. (laughs) Now they're worth thousands. Yeah, I tried to buy those for you that year for your birthday on eBay, and they were going for like six hundred dollars. And I was like, "There's, no, there's still we ain't more. that close." Chinese knockoffs are still hundreds of dollars. Yeah, crazy. Those are the ones that are like the black and white comic book yeah. style, right? Yeah, mm. and they have the color ones too, the black and white ones. Yeah, it's 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 wild and crazy. The stuff. black and white Johns. If we were from Philly, yeah, that's what you would say. Let's go get those Johns, and we'll go get a water ice <laughs> in a hoagie. Yeah, dude. So. Ninja Turtles, we're doing five episodes on them this yeah, month. That's too much, honey. I know. And we were trying <laughs> to figure out how to do this. We'll get into why we got into Turtles for uh, in a little bit. But I didn't know if we should go chronological, but that gets messy. So we're just right. going by topic. So chronologically, we'll be jumping around. You won't get the full spectrum of our fandom um listening from front to start jeff's ninja turtle fandom is on the spectrum though i yeah i probably am yeah i think we all are, we all are. a little bit that's yeah. why it's a spectrum yeah i'm in the direct middle nothing's wrong with me <laughs> i'm the most average person ever uh yeah so we're we're gonna talk about comic books today gonna talk about tv shows live action movies animated movies and video games yeah. and we were not doing a action figure episode because it's not really something <laughs> that'd be awesome. audio so i, I like the way this that. one looks we, but his arms don't move we good. just audio only version <laughs> that's he awesome has seven points of articulation in that, his I, now i really want to do that as a patreon exclusive <laughs> Oh, just audio? Yeah, just oh. talking about action figures. Yeah. Wow, look at that fugitoid. I was about to show you a picture too, but there's no point. I got this one unpunched. Ooh. I do. The only uh, 80s figures that I collect are unpunched. I don't care about them if they're punched. Unpunched or get out. Mirage used to sell directly from like their stock in like the early 2000s. And I have a Michelangelo and Casey Jones I bought from Mirage. Unpunched. Wow. Wow. The Michelangelo is a hard hit. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. This is the story of a podcast. podcast. Where we decided Decided we want to talk talk ourselves into first. Um, so this is something we're into this week. That's probably not going to become a whole episode. Um, guys, this is not in the cultural zeitgeist right now. Oh no. I'm behind on it. Oh no. But I've been talking myself into yellow jackets. Oh yeah. The B. Nope. Oh, okay. The TV show. Yeah. Okay. Very popular. Very, very good. It's one of the times when there's a lot of buzz and you're like, oh, "Oh, this. (laughs) He said the thing. No, but there's a lot of people talking about it, and a lot of times I'm like, eh, doesn't live up to the hype. Mm. This lives up to the hype. Wow. I don't even know what it's about. Yellow Jackets is um, sort of like a dual timeline story that's about a group of women. Pass. (laughs) <laughs> who in 1996 they were part of a high school soccer team that went to 
the national finals and on their way there their plane crashed in the canadian forest and they ate each other well we don't know what they did but some weird stuff happened and now we're in the present day and they're all trying to keep what happened in the woods secret and there's a lot of weird stuff happening is it supernatural could be or oh you don't know um i mean i don't think the audience wants me to spoil the show okay there's definitely weird vibes it opens up with a scene of like someone hunting another person cool Um, it's got like kind of lost vibes yeah i was about to say it seems very losty um lord of the flies for sure um it's about like the loss of humanity in the forest Hmm. and uh it's juxtaposed by this imagery of some of the women whether they were the only survivors or whether they're just some of them Hmm. uh adults it's got a fantastic cast um melanie linsky is the lead christina ricci is in it and juliette lewis it's it's a great show my only problem is it's on showtime which i don't get but um a friend of a friend who has showtime still my sister's friend <laughs> she gave me the login information just to watch this one show weird it's great so if you're on the fence and you have the ability to see it check out yellow jackets season two is going to be coming up whenever they just renewed it i won't <laughs> jim yeah what are you talking yourself into uh this is something that's been discussed before in the podcast it has been a talking yourself into uh by one of you i don't remember who but i'm talking myself into driving to new york um that was me yeah using I, a car yep i, I was I took just a car i was just talking to somebody about that too they're like you drive there and i'm like yeah it's not that bad um it's not it, my partner uh went to school in new york city um right on the edge of it so they knew exactly where to park that's what i'm saying and i was like yo that's sick and that uh so, so where'd you drive into uh, we drove into. You really um, want to give up that spot to all of our listeners? You know, I mean, it like, was a parking garage. Yeah, no, it was a parking garage. It was like the um, Upper West Side. Oh, oh so you, in didn't Manhattan? Even, yeah. you didn't even park in the street. No, no, no. So you just parked in a parking garage in yes. Manhattan. Oh, yes. that's anybody could do that. My whole thing was avoiding paying for the parking garage. Oh, gotcha. Because it's like sixty bucks to yeah. park your car. Well, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't that bad, um, especially in that area. But, um, yeah, it was great because we just took the subway into the city and I was like, oh, this is way better than taking. So how much did you pay for parking? I don't know. It was like 40 bucks, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Park on the street in Harlem. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. I could do do that, too. One twenty fifth Street. Yeah. (laughs) Past that. (laughs) Further up. But yeah, it wasn't bad at all. We went to go see Hamilton on Broadway for a very Alexander price. Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Wow, yeah. he's back. What's he his was. name, man? We were dropping Hamiltons, Collis Aaron Burr. Um, yeah, it was great. It was a very fun day. And uh I'm talking myself into driving into the city mark is the real question is done with the train. How was this how was the food? Great. It was fantastic. McDonald's all the way. Yep, Consistent we went everywhere. Three meals. Times Square McDonald's. Give me all the McGriddles. Oh, that sounds delicious, actually. I can go for a McGriddle. Uh, no, we, we got ramen at this place that was around their school. And uh, then we got um, tacos at a place on Broadway. Taco Ticos. Yeah. Yes. Great. Jeff, where can, pe- uh, <laughs> where can people where can find people me? Find it's over. It? No, Jeff. Good episode, fellas. What are you talking yourself into? I am talking myself into iPad. <laughs> the concept? <laughs> the operating system or the device? So, 
it's it's well documented amongst people that I know that I think Apple stink. Yep. Get them out of here. They're garbage. They're trash. You hate them. But we got my daughter an iPad so she could like watch her shows. Oh, on. She's uh, so young. Well, it's only because she's the only baby on the planet who hates being in a car more than anything else. So sometimes if she's inconsolable in the car, we're like, here's a, a, a show to watch for five minutes. Please shut up. That's fair. I had a DVD player, portable DVD player when I was a kid. Well, I had a portable VHS player. It was on a tube TV and we towed it behind us. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I was like, we just bought this stupid iPad. That's expensive. I'm going to use it for things. And I was like, what am I going to use it for? Oh, I can read comic books on that. Yeah. So I downloaded Hoopla mm. and it has been a long time since I've read Ninja Turtles from IDW. Like mm. episode, issue 70 maybe was the last one I read and they're on 127 now. Yeah. So in the last week I've read from like 70 to 112. All that shit's on Hoopla? It's all on Hoopla up Ooh, until like 115. Damn. So yeah, I've been reading that. And since it's a comics episode, I thought... Let's use this fun fact. And also, a lot of people, I don't know how far we're going to get into IDW in our talk, but a lot of people are like, since episode or issue 100, it's a new creative team. Uh, Sophie Campbell's writing it now, and the tone has changed, and people are like, I don't like it. And I'm like, that's probably because you're stupid. It looks good, and you just don't like change. That's right. Even though change is kind of I have a question back to what you were supposed to be talking about. Yeah. The iPad. Yeah. <laughs> um, as someone who's not a Mac fan, and the primary purpose being that it's for your daughter's like entertainment, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you go with something like way cheaper and more basic, like an Amazon Fire, which is like a third of the price? We got one, and it was literally unusable. Really? A lot yeah. of those tablets suck. It was yeah, but absolute like trash. No, you thing. couldn't even do anything on it. It was trash. So your and wife then, was like, "We're getting." No, an we iPad. got we got a an older iPad and what through your cell phone company? No, through her grandma. Oh, well, there you go. That's, <laughs> and that's a good deal. And it just it's so old that it couldn't like get basic apps. Oh, so that's not the one you're currently using. No. So then we bought just a new, she bought a new one, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. We got it. So yeah. So anyway, back to Ninja Turtles. And then I was like, we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about it later. Yeah. I mean, Let's I think that's probably a good time for it. So yeah, we're just talking ourselves into, we're talking ourselves into yellow jackets, driving into New York and iPad. <laughs> So, Jeff, Dan, you are sort of the godfather of this episode. Okay, I will take I am the sensei. But before we get into like how we started getting into uh, Ninja Turtles and stuff, I do want to say like, are we we're going to have a spoiler section ish because this is going to be a loose conversation. But I think if um, I think we should sort of say like spoilers uh let's for everything ninja turtles in print ever no because i haven't even read all that stuff i don't know how about like uh the first uh original series from mirage yeah all that how about um like the first 50 issues of the idw comic sure comic yeah that's fine i don't know what else 
Last Archie. Ronin, Tales of the TNT. Yeah, we'll talk about Last Ronin. There's, there's a bunch of stuff we can talk about yeah. chronologically. So, yeah, we're going to spoil those, but that's in the next segment. In this segment, Jeff, I'm yeah. guessing that you weren't like, I don't know what this is, and I'll start with a comic book. You no, probably got no, into not something at all. else. I first. mean, that's that's kind of what I alluded to earlier. This isn't our chronological journeys. No, it and is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole yeah, world. Yeah, third time oh. you've said that today. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool reference, Dan. Um, it's in the cultural zeitgeist. I was born in the year of our Lord, 1985. In December of 1987, when I was but two years old, a television but. cartoon premiered on television called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is based off of a comic book that premiered in 1984 that was popular amongst comic book dorks, but nobody else. And um, that's how I got into it. I think everybody my age watched that cartoon. Yeah. You know, I, I was like watching, I was well aware of Transformers at the time, but it, that was a little bit before me. When you're that age, a couple years makes a huge difference. You know, like that the movie came out the year I was born. So it's not like I was effing with Transformers back then. And, you know, like I, I knew G.I. Joe and all that, all the, the 80 stuff. But Turtles was really like was my jam. And that's how I got into it. And then as as you get a little bit older, um, I'm like, well, there's other things that aren't Ninja Turtles. That's less kitty. I'm no kid. But like a six year old is saying that, like, dude, you're a kid. Just enjoy what you want to enjoy. You don't have any other kids to impress. Just be yourself. If you're six years old and you listen to talk me into, that's your choice. And we appreciate you, especially if you're from Thailand and you email us every single week. <laughs> He's 11 now. Oh, oh, nice. But yeah, so I, you know, I kind of fell off. And in between the, the, the cartoon series falling. You're up. like, I'm through with this baby shit. Now I look, I'm into cool stuff like weird. Well, I watch Batman, well, no, I mean, the grown up series. stuff. Like <laughs> the cartoon was so popular that within street sharks, within <laughs> two years, the, the, they made a movie and the movie was the, I think maybe now it's been beat, but it's like the most successful independent film of all time. Right. Um, and the second one, despite the quality, we'll talk about that in a future episode. I might have been even more popular or as popular because at that time there was Turtle Mania, dude. And, you know, there were three movies that came out within like one, two, three, maybe four years of each other. Um, and then, you know, I kind of fell off. And then in like 1999 or 2000, Turtles were done. There was nothing Turtles happening. A few issues every few months, maybe by Mirage. That's it. There is no TV show, no movie. I mean, you managed to skip over comic books, which is the subject of this episode. No, we're telling our journey about how we got into. Ninja so Turtles. you hadn't read a Ninja Turtles comic book until after 2003. Yeah. Wow. Late bloomer. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the Archie ones, maybe when I was a kid, I think that's what I was going to say is the first yeah, ones I read. I don't were really just like I, I grew up Archie in with the animated series that's just part of the time. Jimmy's dad was the first person I knew that like read comics and I would occasionally like go with him to comic book stores or flea markets with my grandfather. And like if there's a Ninja Turtles comic, you're like, I like that thing. Well, right. my uncle owned a comic book store in the early 90s. So by the late 90s. We were hanging out one time and I was helping him move like a comic collection because he had sold the store. He kept a bunch of his own stuff. And I forgot exactly what we were talking about. But Ninja Turtles came up. Don't remember how they came up. But he told me that he's like, oh, you know, like Ninja Turtles are actually cool. Right. And I was like, no, they're not. 
Like it's dumb kid stuff. That's baby stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you have to use your hands. That's and like he's like, no, stuff. like they would like kill people and there was blood and it was violent. And I was like, cool. Do you have any of those? And he was like, yeah, I have a whole bunch of these old issues. Like probably like, you know, he probably had multiple copies of the first issue. <laughs> uh, and then he passed away in 2001 and I don't know where those are. So who knows what happened to those issues? But after the the 2003 cartoon series came out, I was thinking about that some more. And I was like, somebody was saying that this is a lot like the original car- or comic book series. So then I started to buy the collected trades, the first press, like oversized prints that were like colorized and yeah. shitty from the 90s. But it was a very cheap, affordable way to get access to the collected comics. And I was like, yo, Ninja Turtles are life. And I've been on that shit for 20 years now. <laughs> That's my quick journey quick of the turtles nice what about you guys yeah, keep, you let's keep it first. quick though we got a lot of stuff to talk about yeah today. <laughs> just like in one sentence or less um <laughs> it's very similar except i'm a couple years younger than jeff which in the long run is not a big deal but when you're a kid it is a big deal yeah. um so i i kind of missed out on the ninja turtles cartoon i watched it but it was like at the tail end i think it was like in reruns and stuff I think the first thing that I remember was I had the movie on VHS and I was real into it. Um, And like I sort of jumped in with is I did read comics earlier when I was younger, but it's like kid comics. When you're a kid, you just read a comic. You're never going to get a whole storyline across multiple issues. You just get an issue here or there. I didn't even know that there was like multiple, you know, different series. I think I even read one of the weird image comics back then. I had one of those three. That's a weird thing to read. For sure. You're like, this is not like the TV like, show. Even now reading it is yeah. weird. No, like that's like Raph is getting his eyeball stabbed out. And yeah, Donatello is just a robot. Yeah. Um, weird, cool. wacky stuff. Um, but the first time I like really committed um, to Ninja Turtles comics was um, before right before the IDW series came out um, when Nickelodeon bought uh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, we should say, Jeff, that the the history of those original comics has a very weird publishing history. Yeah. Uh, because they were released independently, uh, the print numbers were small. They went on to multiple runs. They went on to multiple Not collections. Not a lot of collected editions or incomplete collected editions. Yeah, it was basically just like whatever they had, they would just like print and try to get out there. Um, so when Nickelodeon bought it, um, there were, was an attempt to make a collected edition it failed. I have the first one, which yeah, is a big soft cover that, omnibus. Yeah. No, you're wrong on two fronts there. That was released by Mirage in 2009 before Nickelodeon bought oh, okay. it, which is why no more volumes came out because they oh, had like yeah. the one shell on the side and they were going to do more and more, which it was amazing collection. And you sold yours. I did sell to, mine. Yeah, you sold yours for cover price or less, which was like 20 or 30 bucks. That's and wrong. that is. You're confusing that with something else. I sold that one for a pretty large profit on eBay after it was signed, like years later. Mm. Friend of the podcast, Ian, helped me sign it, sell it. Mm. It was when I had never sold it. So which one are you eBay. talking about? Which failure of Nickelodeon release? No, no, I was just confused. It, it was uh, that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they. so I was excited. I was like, cool, I'm going to buy all the comics in these collections. And then it never happened. They again. were so good. And they were in yeah. chronological order. I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time I like committed sitting down and reading those, uh, as Jeff alluded to, and we'll talk more in the next segment. They're a lot darker and serious. I just gatekeepered the f- 
out of you. Sorry, Jim. I was like, you're wrong. It's actually this. And then you yeah. were wrong, which is funny. Yeah, I was wrong about <laughs> we your personal 50, life. 50. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really know about my personal life. I know all about your personal life. <laughs> I know where you keep your boogie rags. <laughs> um. So anyways, uh, that was like the first time I committed to reading them. But as we'll talk about more, that original series gets very weird very quickly. Yeah, it does. Um, I would say the series that's closest to my heart that I've read the most of and committed the most money to is the IDW series. It's very good. Yeah. Um, Which is the ongoing one right now. Right. That's right. who currently holds the rights to it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I've read some like one-off miniseries and things like that. But for me, IDW series is close to my heart. Jim, what's your history with Ninja Turtles and specifically Ninja Turtles comics? Uh, I'll keep it short because obviously it's a lot shorter than your guys' um, history. Dan, I don't remember which came first, but you bequeathed me the the VHSs, all three of the movies. Probably when they initially came out on DVD, and I was like, I love technology. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And um, you also got me the first four discs of the 2K3 series. Oh, nice. Um, That was for my birthday or something. Did it come in the pack with the toys? Yes, it did. I believe that's why you got nice. that for me. Yeah, because you were working at KB Toys at the time. And, Sounds about um, right. Yeah. So it, one of those happened first, but that's basically those two in conjunction got me into Turtles. And later on down the line, when I started reading comics, um, you recommended me like the original series or whatever, maybe that soft cover book or whatever. I probably read some of that. And um, when IDW started coming out, you guys were doing the podcast. I would be on it occasionally, but I was keeping up because you're living in the basement below me and I would borrow your cool time. I know. And I would borrow your IDW issues, which I've started collecting in the big uh, hardcover. When Jimmy was a small child, he lived on a bunk bed below me. And then when I was a sad <laughs> adult, I lived in a basement below him. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the short history of how I got into turtles. Now, didn't you also for a while um, get like, the, don't you have some of the colorized original series when IDW released it as hardcovers? I have the first book of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is it's a very nice set as well i mean basically what we're getting to is if you're a fan of ninja turtles comics um you've had to buy a lot of random shit because the release <laughs> yeah. history has been I so has been the most many consistent. different versions of re-inked and recolored yeah, right mirage comics yeah it's been pretty bad that's one of the reasons why i love the idw series again we'll talk about it more but they've got a great release history yeah i wish i got on that early same it's so expensive all right fellas you want to talk about comics instead of talking about talking about comics yeah i do yeah so when we come back we're going to spoil the original volume one mirage series we're just talking about turtles in general we're going through it may 2022 Dateline. Dateline, May 1984. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. There was a comic convention and a little comic book premiered called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't you say 2020? Yeah, it's 2022 now. And then I was going to say something, but then you interrupted me. So the Ninja Turtles comic (laughs) premiered in May 2022, which didn't happen yet. I was going to do it. was a whole bit I was going to do, but you messed me up. Mm. Mm. It was a bad bit. So yeah. May 1984, before I was born, yeah. before you were born, before you were born, yeah, before everybody was born, because as we've established on this podcast, Solves the universe started when I was born. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to get into like the history of how it became? So you thing? created Ninja Turtles. I did. In a yeah. solipsistic oh, world. Oh, shit. 
That's cool. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, I think you can summarize it basically. Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing anything. Sure. Let's see. Quick uh, I think the origin of the creation of Ninja Turtles broadly uh, was uh, two guys, writer, artist guys, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Kevin, Kevin Eastman. Eastman. Yep. Uh, were joking around. I think they were living together or they shared a studio space. And kind of the same. Yeah. One of them uh, had drawn a quick sketch as a joke of a anthropomorphic turtle wearing ninja clothes. Yep. Holding nunchucks. Yeah. And the other one saw that and wrote Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it became Pretty much. <laughs> like an ongoing joke between yeah. them. And they called the their imprint Mirage Studios because they were just in their living room and they're like, it's a mirage. Yeah. Like, it's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they actually started working on like, what would this be if it was a thing? The backstory basically became a parody of Daredevil's origin. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The Foot Clan, the hand. Uh, not stick. Splinter. Splinter. Uh, Daredevil was blinded by radioactive material that splashed on his eyes. And that went down into the sewers and fell on some <laughs> turtles, basically. Yeah. And mutated them. Did I get that right, Jeff? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty good there is a good documentary called turtle power that yeah that's up on paramount plus i believe oh nice yeah it follows the origins up until like the mid 90s it's pretty good r-t-l-e power so yeah so the the comic book came first as jeff alluded to in the first half of this episode um it was self-published and like classic yeah so the first issue the turtles uh they're facing off against shredder yep and they kill him like he's done straight up murdered. Yeah, him. he's done. Yeah, that like, reeks of a comic book written by two guys who weren't sure if they'd ever publish. Yeah, they were like, I'm just going to make book. this one yeah. story about Ninja right. Turtles, not expecting it to be anything. Right. And then I think they printed like 5000 copies and it sold out at like conventions and to local stores. So they went into multiple printings and issue two and three. And then they just started to build from there. But like Dan said. It's not now where a lot of the comics that we're reading or TV shows you watch that have these linear stories. And like, if you pick up one issue in the middle of a run, you're not going to know what's going on. Right. A lot of these were more self-contained. Like, like one-offs. In the first, like, within the first 10 episodes, you're introduced to the Turtles. Issues. Shredder. Issue. I, Jeff I does do that all the time. My brain will work you right. Um, you're introduced to the, the Turtles, Shredder, Splinter. Like, that's like the core of all right. the New York street stuff, all the ninjas. And then you're introduced to the Utrams, which are these robots that look like Terminator. Yeah, so Triceraton, space travel, yeah. all this stuff. It so immediately quick. goes to space. Yeah. I want to pause on this because to I feel like to the majority of people, like when they think of the Ninja Turtles, they think of what you said. Like the Ninja Turtles, Splinter, Shredder, New York City. Right. Krang, Bebop, other mutants. Well... I think yeah. of like the 2K3 series where it's like, oh, Baxter Stockman and like yeah. strike uh, fast and disappear into the right, night. Exactly. Um, but very quickly in the comic book series, they went wacky. Very yeah. quickly. We get because it, book. It, it, Utram well, it also just seems like, hey, I have a cool idea. Let's go into space. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then they did. Yeah. Let's go into other dimensions. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk to anthropomorphic robots. So we're talking within the first arc, like the first eight issues. There's weirdness. Yeah, there's crossovers with other um, uh, comic books like Usagi Yojimbo. There's a crossover. Cerebus. Right. Yeah. There's- and if they had been like picked up by if Image Comics existed or whatever, and they were given like a 12 issue run, this probably wouldn't have played out. that No, way. no, no. They probably would have done a whole street level arc on like the foot and the purple dragons. And right. then like at the very end, they would tease like the Triceratons or the Utrams or right. something. It, it's also, 
I don't have like actual information in front of me and I'm not a turtles encyclopedia. Like a lot of turtles fans know a lot more than I do. And I love the turtles. Um, but even when like, so I want to say between 10 and 20 years ago in that gap, when people didn't really give a shit about the turtles, some old stuff was expensive, but you could easily get pretty much every single issue of the first run since about 2010 prices are just ridiculous. So there's some issues that I saw at comic conventions. I was like, yeah, I'll just get them next time. I just bought a lot. If it's two bucks, I'll get it next time. And now it's like 50 bucks for like issue 32 that nobody cares about or whatever. The low number but, issues though, when they were produced like, you know, self-printed and stuff have always been pretty expensive. They have. I, yeah. I don't have any. So as of right now, issue one is over 20 grand. Woo. But yeah. also the, the second, third, fourth printings. I never bought one because I was like, I'm not going to buy a second printing. Who cares? I have reprints. Second right. printings now are unattainable for me. Third, yeah. fourth printings now. But even like issue three, I bought for 50 bucks. Issue four, I bought for 40 bucks. Try to find those for those prices now. You won't. I don't want to. Issue five, yeah. I bought for $18. You know what I mean? Like, and then like, just right. it kind of just went down after that. So I don't have all of the Mirage issues, but a lot of people don't realize that Eastman and Laird were only on like the first dozen issues. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. it. Right. And other creative teams took over. A lot of the Mirage guys, like, Steve Levine, Michael Dooney, other just random people doing their own thing. And they pretty much had free reign. So it gets weird. Like, it's almost like every issue is its own universe. Like, what if, like, there's some weird covers and, like, there's, like, these cowboys that are actually cows and it's all, like, Mm. zany. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a great example of two guys who created this thing as a goof and... Took sadly more. ended well, look, up defining with, their life within yeah. two years it became i mean sadly peter laird's worth 40 million dollars now or 60 million dollars but i don't think either of them wanted to be no, the teenage so. mutant ninja turtles guys well they do force their other stuff into turtles like yeah they do um, yeah which is which is fine like yeah. fugitoid existed before ninja turtles mm. oh shit i didn't know that actually yep came out before and it was in an issue of uh gobbledygook and then they just put it into turtles mm. and it became a turtles character um so yeah and but there's a lot of darker stuff too in a lot of different styles and like they went really weird things like these people had like crazy liberties to do whatever they wanted a lot of it is weird and interesting some of it's not so good like mirage they didn't it didn't last i don't even think it got to 50 issues oh maybe it did because city at war yeah so i think i've read all the mirage initial stuff um jimmy i haven't really you have i i think so Maybe not all of it, but I've read the City at War stuff. Maybe I skipped over some weird bullshit. I don't even think I've read every single issue because some of it is just like not great. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of it. I have a hard time getting going back to it, especially after the IDW series has come out. Um, Obviously, I really like the um, sort of like the more serious tone um that the earlier stuff has and mm-hmm. like a lot of like the poetry it's like you strike hard and disappear into the night like that's fucking badass sorry yeah. jim um but like a lot of it does feel like it's just two guys that are just messing around and which i do like about it too but it just doesn't feel like as plotted out right yeah. exactly like it, volume one ended at 62 so like damn the first dozen or so issues i've read a lot that's like the eastman and laird stuff and then yeah. there's Issue 50 to 62 is City at War, which was this really good storyline. And in between that, it's very jumbled. So, Jeff, you can't talk about the history of the comic books unless you talk about the effect that the cartoon had on the comic books. 
mm. which is once the cartoon came out and took off and the toy line came out and they were attracting a younger audience. Yeah. Um, the Archie series started. Yeah, because comics weren't huge back then. That kind of started in like the early 90s with X-Men and Image and all that. And the Batman series definitely helped that out. But like with this small print company, you're not going to find an issue of Ninja Turtles at your grocery store. But Mm -hmm. Archie Comics, who has an established like supply chain and they understand how the industry works and an established audience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they just went Sonic the Hedgehog too around the same time. Yep. They did an Archie comic that was 100% based off of the cartoon. 100% Pokemon Pokemon free. free. And that will never not be funny to me. It's an inside (laughs) joke that we've talked about before, but I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. So yeah, then you just have these issues at every pharmacy kid eye level and they're bad. They're really not good. I've even as an adult, I went back and tried to read some. I hear that later on when it kind of grew with its audience. So when you're like a young, like prepubescent teen or whatever, like around 10 to 12, it starts to get more mature. There's characters introduced in there that aren't in the show and it becomes its own thing and it gets kind of good, but I don't care enough to read it. Yeah. I mean, it feels way more like a tie into the cartoon, like the character. Yeah, it still is. Um, they do. They did do weird stuff too. Like I think April got mutated into a turtle for a while. But um, so yeah, I mean that takes us through to volume. Well, there is volume two, which didn't last very long. Like a dozen issues. It was written and illustrated by Jim Lawson, who then he's part of the Mirage Crew. He also did all of volume four. And when I think about like old Ninja Turtles comics, like meaning pre IDW, I think Eastman Laird Lawson. Those are the mm. styles that I think. I don't know anything from this volume. Jim, do you? Uh, no, other than the what Jeff has talked about in like his collector's edition. Yeah, that, I those mean, are the issues that you No, had, that was right? volume four. Volume oh, two. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's what you're talking about. No, not. I don't. I honestly don't know much about it. No. I have the issues. I don't know if I ever read them. No idea. Um, volume three is IDW. No, image. The image, I meant to say. Yeah, that's, that's when. Things Im- got wacky. Yeah, so. Yeah. They were pretty much just like they made all their money. They had their hit cartoon series. They had all their movies. They have all the, the action toys. figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like 2000s, right? At this point. No, this is 90s. like 96 to 99. Oh, damn. It was like 26 issues, 23 issues. Um, and it, it got weird. So Eric Larson, the Savage Dragon creator, mm-hmm. um, relaunched it. He was but, also like one of the heads of Image Comics, right. along with Jim Lee. It was written by Gary Carlson, who I don't know, and drawn by Frank Fosco. So it is a like contained creative team. It's a reboot. They must have had like the I don't know. Was it a reboot or were they just like was it already established in issue one? Like these are you know who the Ninja Turtles are. This is their next chapter. I don't know. I never read it. I thought I was under the impression that it was a hard reboot. You could be right, though. It could be just that. Yeah, it was just they violent. didn't really acknowledge the early stuff. It was mm-hmm. violent and wacky and like Raphael gets mutilated. He becomes he gets like a cybernetic eye. Like Dan mentioned, Donatello's like half cyborg. Hmm. Um, Raphael becomes Shredder at one point after they murder Shredder. Um, it's just a lot of crazy stuff like that. And hmm. not great. Um now it's kind of because IDW put out uh, Legends, which they reprinted the entire series in color, 
And I think, I don't know if it got delayed or not, but they were releasing one final issue with the creative team oh, yeah. to put a cap yeah. on it. I mean, this also saw the spinoff miniseries that a lot of us read and enjoyed, which was Body, Body Count. Count. Yeah, oh, that was, yeah, that was on Image. I don't yeah. think it was directly related to this series. Was not, no. But it, this was one of the first things after my uncle was like, they're violent. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, let's find Body it. Count. It wasn't even marketed as Ninja Turtles. It was just called Body, Body Count. Count. Yeah. It was Raphael and Casey It was Jones. actually a spinoff of a Casey Jones standalone series that didn't go very far. But is Raphael and Casey Jones out to rescue April, I think, who was kidnapped or something? I don't remember, but... But it's brutally violent. Yeah. yeah like murders. The artwork is very 90s. Killings. It's very messy. Mm. Reminds me of, like, the Punisher versus the Marvel Universe. Or no, that was later. But just, like, early, like, Punisher year one stuff was, like, this very, like, mm. loose 90s-style pen and ink drawing. I gotcha. So that's pretty much volume three. Volume four was Peter Laird returning um, to write, mm. uh, being illustrated by Jim Lawson. In, in between here, um, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird kind of had a falling out. So it was it was kind not in not due to the next mutation, but it was around that time where basically Kevin Eastman was like, you can have the turtles. I don't want it. Right. Um, He's like, I've got heavy metal. He, he either gave yeah. it. Yeah, he bought heavy metal. He either gave it to him or sold him his portion for relatively cheap considering what he was selling him right. and what it would sell for in the future. And that is when, cause Peter Laird had full creative control over like Venus de Milo, which he, you know, <laughs> he's awesome. such a fan of. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even acknowledge her existence. Um, so yeah, at this point it's just Peter Laird and Jim Lawson and they relaunched volume four, which does pick up later. And this feels how can I say this without being disrespectful? No, just be honest. This feels um, like a misstep to me. It feels like um, very like insular. Like you have to be a no, real that's right. exactly Turtles what it nerd is. Yeah. fan to be even know about this Because they didn't have great distribution. I, I mean, at the time, so I started and it's such a comics. shame because the property was so huge. I started buying comics in 2003. This started in December 2001 mm. and it was released bi-monthly. So at that time, there were like a dozen... Um, issues. I bought all of them, but it was so hard to get. I didn't know at that time you can get a pull list and you can have comic stores order. So I would just go around to comic stores and hope. But even at the point when I found out about pull lists, I was like, this series kind of sucks. I'm not going to buy it. And now I really regret that. I bought a lot of back issues, but there are some issues. Like you regret it as a collector, but the series still does suck. It's not terrible and it does interesting things. But as a collector, I regret it. I mean, I sold one issue for $2,600. So, like, that's the kind of money we're talking about with these issues. Um, Let, let's also say that your storyline, Jeff, kind of coincides with all the Turtles fans, which was this was a slump for the IP because. Yeah, it was. Most of the people who liked the original stuff had grown out of it, but weren't yet old enough to buy it again as but, nostalgia. No, the ones who buy stuff as nostalgia buy stuff based on the cartoon which is what keeps that brand going. Most people who are like, oh yeah, I watched that when I was a kid and my kids watch, watch it now too. On I bought this box set of the turtle van. They're not buying volume four of Mirage. They're right. not going to it's a comic too insular. But this also spun out miniseries that were cool and kind of became things. Like it did Leo Blindsight. It did uh, Michelangelo the Third Kind, which is the first and only art that I bought from Jim Lawson. Um, it did um, Raphael, Bad Moon Rising, and Donatello the Brain Thief. So they all had like their own miniseries. Mm -hmm. 
where like one of them, Leonardo goes blind and it's really cool. And they bring that into um, TMNT 2K3. Mm-hmm. And it also launched Tales of the TMNT volume two. We didn't talk about the first volume, which was like seven issues of just random stories, not part of the right. um, storyline. Like Leatherhead was introduced in that. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of characters that were introduced. But at this point, volume two, before IDW, TMNT, Tales of the TMNT volume two was the longest running series at 71 issues and a lot of those issues there's a few i don't have that are pretty expensive i have most of them that was that's like one of the series that i was getting very regularly but i mean we can say that this series kind of dwindled and got phased out predominantly by the deal well that's nickelodeon that's why it ended yeah so he they he was making it bi-monthly there were still large gaps. It was just kind of on Peter Laird and Jim Lawson's schedule. Mm. So it was just difficult to follow. But then they had a few issues completed when they made the deal. In the deal, he's allowed to... Peter Laird, aside from Nickelodeon, independently, is allowed to release like 12 issues a year or something like that of Ninja Turtles. And he's only released three. Total. So, I didn't even know he did that. Two. Uh, That's funny. Two issues since that happened. And one of them was He's too busy counting fat stacks. (laughs) One of them was released digitally and then later printed. And then yeah, so two of them were printed. But yeah, nothing's come from that. But that's that's why this volume died. Um you know, we're just blasting through this stuff and not really reviewing things because we're not really reading. We're just talking about our love for it and just chatting like friends would. We'll probably talk more about the IDW series. Which is where we're at now. So, yeah. so the last issue. Well, there. So, Jeff, I don't know if you know anything about how IDW got their hands on this. But no, I have no this, idea. I don't know specifically about Ninja Turtles, but I know that IDW had struggled for a while to try to find their own footprint in the comic books industry their own series and stuff like that and then right around this time which i guess is like 2000 it launched in september 2011 yeah so 2010 around there i would say idw started to get a foothold by buying up ip property gi joe yep. transformers star ghostbusters Trek, star files yeah yep um they had star wars for a little they had while doctor who yeah, yep, I was buying Who. Doctor Who before Ninja Turtles. So they realized like, hey, we can churn out like decent quality comic books. But if they have a familiar label on them and familiar characters, those are like guaranteed sales. Right. So at this point, um, we don't know the inside baseball of it, but they got their hands on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. They came right out of the bag with a big splash. Um, they weren't going to hire a bunch of nobodies to write this comic book. Who'd they get? Kevin Eastman. <laughs> well, he didn't write it. He just well, well, plotted it. He's yeah. He's like the plotter. He's like an idea man. It, it was the first hundred. You know what would be cool is if Waltz. this Waltz, happened. Yeah. That's what Kevin Eastman did. Yeah, but and he he re- I mean, it was a big deal because at that time he like pretty much disowned Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. But because Peter Laird wasn't involved with it, they I, I don't know if they asked him or whatever. Right. But Kevin Eastman got involved, and yeah, it's it was cool kind of a big deal to have him yeah, come back sure. to it. Do variant covers. Yep. Just splashing that name across the cover is yep. already going to get you cred with fans. For sure, yeah. And uh, they did a really smart thing, in my opinion, which was... Um, so it's kind of controversial. I call it a soft reboot. Oh, I think it, it's, it's a hard reboot. It's a very hard reboot. You're wrong, though. It's a hard reboot in that it doesn't acknowledge previous things. But it's a soft reboot because it still reworks those ideas back yeah, in in new ways. For it's sure. still a reboot. It's rebooting the story from the start. Yeah, but again, it's for me, my opinion, they didn't 
go in a completely new direction and introduce all new villains and things like that. Initially, it felt like that. You've got, um, who's the cat guy in the first arc? Old Hob. You old got Hob. Old Hob, who's oh a brand gosh. new character, who's yeah. a badass. And you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a whole new thing. But as that series progresses, what I think they really found their niche, what, what they excelled at, is taking fun, dumb, yeah. fun, dumb yes. ideas and characters from the original cartoon and comic books and finding new and better ways to incorporate them. No, this series is absolutely brilliant at bringing in things from every facet of the franchise yep. and making it feel right. Like nothing feels disjointed. Everything like you would think that like Krang, who's silly from the cartoon series, you know, they bring him in and you're like, oh, he's a goof. And then you bring in other things from other darker facets. Bebop, like Rocksteady. Well, even even Shredder or like, yeah, they just they meld everything that pre-exists that people like. So you got the wide appeal, like Dan said, like, I mean, it took a while to get to Bebop and Rocksteady too, like 20 so issues. So that's mm. two years in comic terms. You got Baxter Stockman pretty early on, though. Yeah, no, you have you Fugitoid have these things that early. people that like the cartoon in the 80s who are now adults and maybe buying comics. You have that. You have things from all these little fandoms like super fans are like, oh, look at this little thing. Like when Angel showed up as nobody, I shit my pants. Do you <laughs> know who nobody is? Do you know no. at that time? No, nobody knew who nobody was. But like and then you have Hun, who's from 2K3 and you're like, oh, it's a different spin. This is Casey's dad now. He's he's ahead of the purple dragons in here and he was working with Shredder and they're doing all these things and making it work yeah. while introducing new mutants, new characters, new mm-hmm. storylines. Alopex. It's almost like Alopex. Uh, and then they brought Alopex into the 2012 series. Yeah. Yep. That's right. It's almost like um a really well done series of retcons. Because it's like yeah. it's like they took these things. Some of them were just like action figures with no real storyline or connection. Right. Yeah. And they gave them a storyline. It's like they took these cool properties and rolled them out the way they should have probably initially have been rolled out. Yeah. Or they just make them make sense like Mutagen Man. Like they make that creepy and weird and they make, they give you a reason to care about them. And like instead of just being like. Whoever was making these characters were they were doing it to design toys. Like, what if it was a jar with muck inside of it? Right. So, Jeff, we we haven't yeah. really delved deeply, and Jimmy, I want to go to you on this one too. Um, we haven't really delved deeply into any of the comic book series um, per se, but this is one that's all close to our hearts. So, I think we should sort of round robin. What's our favorite like moment or story arc? What's what's something that we love from the IDW series? My favorite part is the origin story. Um, I just think it's I think it's the most uh, most different from how the original like, oh, they were in the ooze and then they mutated. Um, and this one, the backstory is that they are reincarnated from feudal Japan. Yes. Which is spoilers. The I should probably should have said spoilers before. We but did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I think that's probably the best way to kind of like show that they they mutated faster in this one they only mutated after like 15 months i think they mutated they mutated like a year's worth in like a month i believe was mm. how it was um but their their explanation for why like they're so good at like ninjutsu is that they were doing it in their past lives it's like they were like also feeling. why they have defined personality well, you also right? have yeah. Raphael is missing 
Yeah. So he's on his own and he's all alone and he doesn't have his family and his family misses him. So you have that brotherly love and familial bonds that they really nailed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jeff, you have a specific moment you want to call out? When Fugitoid showed up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Fugitoid is pretty cool. There's a two-issue tie-in to an IDW thing they did called Infestation 2. I remember that, yeah. And I the never Cthulhu read it, monsters, right? Yeah, they kind of like pitched it as like, it's going to be this huge crossover with all these franchises, and then they didn't cross over. But there's this two-issue arc that's just like this fun monster thing. But the reason why I always think about it is because the art is so good. It's from a guy, Mark Torres, who I've never seen his work on anything Mm. else ever. But it looks almost exactly like Mike Mignola without being a ripoff. Mm. So it's like it's almost like a Hellboy Ninja Turtle arc. And this was pretty early on in the run within a year or two. Yeah. And it's just like they do cool stuff because like, sure, we have 127 issues that have been released every single month in the last 11 years. But also, there's well over 100 issues of other side stories. TMNT Universe, which ran for 25 issues, which was basically Tales of the TMNT Volume 3. Mm. I mean, that's just what it was bringing other things into the world that then go into the story. So they don't have to waste a month saying, who's this scorpion lady? Like, she just shows up in the story and you're like, oh, that's the character. So they just do really well at pacing and just putting things where they belong. Yeah, I mean, this isn't mine, but shout out to TMNT uh, Ghostbusters was another fun yeah, crossover there, there they did. Yeah, they did three Batman one miniseries that weren't part of like the continuity. Yeah. But yeah, they were fun. Uh, mine is probably, uh, it was what Jimmy said. I love the fleshing out of the backstory and the connection to feudal Japan and stuff like that. But I think um, another thing that's close to my heart is the way they handled Casey Jones, his relationship with his father. Yeah, that was really who good. Who turns out to be Han. It gives them a lot of pathos, shows why Casey Jones is like out there like beating people up because mm-hmm. he has no control of his life and he's been abused and kicked around. And I thought that stuff was handled really well. Um, I'm still pretty far behind on this series. Me yeah. too. I've I barely read any far, farther than the first couple uh like books or whatever. But I will say, like um, we alluded to it earlier, IDW has done a fantastic job collecting these. Yep. There's a hardcover series. Um, I think they do traditional soft covers, but it's one of the few times where they the har- do. That's what's available on Hoopla, which is why gotcha. I read. Yeah, it's one of the few times that if you like go on Amazon or something, the hardcovers are actually more popular. And I think it's because the way they present them, which, um, you know, we've alluded to with the original series, but the Ninja Turtles comic books have always had a history of doing these little one shots and spinoffs and mini series. Yep, mini micro series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the IDW series has continued that and even pushed further um, with some longer run. I mean, there's still mini series, but twelve issues is pretty long for a mini series. And um, so this hardcover series collects all of them in, in the order that order. they should be read. I'm so jealous because I have all the single issues, but it's such a pain. Oh yeah, the IDW does good jobs at coming out with like new lists of stuff, and fans have released like what's the reading order? Yeah, right. But it's good to have just in one book. You just turn the page, and there it is. Yeah. So yeah, if you're on the fence, I would encourage people to pick and up that, that has first hardcover universe too, right? Mm-hmm. It's oh, got so good. everything. Um, even some of the weirder spinoffs, like we said, we were only going to spoil things from the first fifty issues, but there's new characters um, who come up later that end up getting like multiple miniseries. Those are included as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's not Milo's getting added in. Yeah. 
heard it's that. not a spoiler that Jenica is a Ninja Turtle. Yep. Okay. It's it's just everybody, everybody knows. knows yeah. yeah. Every loser knows. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew it happened, but I'm so far behind that I didn't know when. So as I was just reading, I was like, is this is this one is going to happen? Is this one going to happen? But yeah. So I think the IDW series is my favorite. I think it's just I, so more at, cohesive. Going back to my talking myself into, I'm like 15 issues into Sophie Campbell's run. And her art is amazing, but she only did the first five issues of it. Mm-hmm. And the the other artists are fine, but it's definitely like, oh, I just read an issue. It felt like I read three pages because nothing happens in several issues. So when it comes out every month and literally nothing has happened in an episode mm. or an issue at all, I could see why people are upset at it. Mm. And they're taking they're going in different, new, weird, less the world is on fire directions. Right. Um, which I think is brave. Cause I mean, like they killed Donatello in this series. Eventually he came back, but for a long time, Donatello was dead cool. in his contract. What, what do you mean? Cool. That's before issue 50. Well, I guess I way like before, <laughs> way before at issue 50. Okay. Oh, sorry. I just ruined it. Dan, <laughs> Dan, have you read it in the last eight years? Um, no, <laughs> I mean, I was far behind, but come on. Have you got to Metalhead yet? Yeah. So you know. You just don't know. I don't remember. Uh, his consciousness <laughs> transfers into Metalhead. So the the four Ninja Turtles are Raph, uh, Leo, Mikey, and Don in Metalhead. Gotcha. I don't think I got that far either. It's fine. I don't well, care. Jeff, I'll read bombs. it eventually. It was in the news. It was literally in the news That's when cool. it happened. So uh, he's back. Though. Is IDW your favorite comic series? Yeah. Jim, I mean, I think it's fair the to quality, say, yeah. the quality is there and it just incorporates everything that you like about Ninja Turtles. Feels more cohesive. Like you it said, is. one of the cool things, but also one of the downsides of the Mirage series was they gave other writers and artists so much leeway that that leads to some cool stuff, but also leads to a lot of stinkers. This sure. feels definitely more curated and more editorial. And it's consistent. You're not waiting two months and then, oh, well, the issue didn't come out because Peter Laird had to go Look ride his bike and post on his blog about what helmet he's wearing. <laughs> his blog was pretty cool, though. I wish he still did it. It's funny. Jeff, Jimmy, yeah. any thoughts about what the future of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic books holds? Uh, well, I guess I already said that Venus de Milo is getting added in. So I have been waiting for that stuff. for 11 years. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, bring Venus back. Just because Venus sucks in the show doesn't mean this series isn't going to do it justice. Right. But... From the previews, she looks like some kind of patchwork, like frog Frankenstein. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested to see new characters and stuff. And I'm so far behind. I probably haven't read in like 10 years. So I want to see. We didn't even talk about the last Ronin. We should probably touch on the last Ronin. Yeah. The last yeah. Ronin is again. I'm behind on that, too. Me too. <laughs> we read the first couple issues it's, coming up from IDW. It's such a great idea. It's a pretty good comic. Jeff had the idea before IDW did. It's so. such a letdown. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But my my last my Ninja Turtle is Leo. It's based right. on Kevin Eastman's original idea of how the Ninja Turtles would end. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. That's how they marketed oh, yeah. it. They're like a story from Laird and Eastman for the first time in thirty fucking years. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> And it's also from back then. It's probably when they were sitting around making the first yeah. few issues and they're like, oh, this would be cool so if this was the yeah, end. Yeah, it's dystopian right. future where there's one Ninja Turtle left. We won't spoil who. The, I think I already did. No, um, you said you said it wasn't Leo. 
Oh yeah. It's not well, Leo. so there's one Ninja Turtle that's left, and we're trying to find out through flashbacks and what's happening with like Descendants of the Shredder. And it's a great idea. The first issue is really good, but like it so we're recording this in March of 2022. The first issue came out in October of 2020. It's five issues and it's still not complete. I don't understand why and they said it was going to be coming out slowly, but they're late, right? It's, it was supposed to be bi-monthly. Oh, I don't even know if I have the fifth issue. Cause it's not out. Nobody has it. Oh, got you. There's, <laughs> I definitely have the first four, four of that. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. four. So, and, and it's, it's depressing because like, if you can put out at a time when they were doing the main series, there was always at least one mini series coming out. So between one to two issues a month for 11 years consistently and never missing, except maybe with COVID there were delays. Mm. How come it's taking you so long to do this? And it's not like it's one guy. Well, it's taking a long time because this guy only has two fingers and he draws it with his toes (laughs) with a a quill from a bird. No, it's they've changed artists multiple times because of drama or whatever. So it's like you have this one story that's drawn by multiple people for whatever reason. So it's it's this is very much like classic Mirage. Yeah, it's right. it feels like that drawn by multiple different people, a pretty good story, not the best. And somebody posted something on Facebook and I said something and talk shit about that. And then uh, two artists that I like, Freddie Williams, the third and Ben. Ba- no, not Ben Bates. Uh, yeah, Ben Bates. I think they both commented on it, defending it. And I was <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's still a good comic, but I'm not wrong. Yeah. It's hugely popular. It sells Crazy big numbers popular. for comic books. Yeah. They've gone to like third and fourth printings. Well, I guess they could get three and four printings out before they print one issue. Do you know they already have a collected edition of the first four issues? It's oh very God. stupid. Yeah. I was at my local comic shop and I was like, oh, what is this? Did I miss the last issue? Is this like a trade? They of the also whole changed it from like four to six to back to five, something like that. Yeah. And and my comic shop owner was like, no, that's an attempt to get readers yeah. caught up. Yeah. It's like, it's called like the last Ronin everything so far. And I'm like, who would buy this? <laughs> this is insanity. Dumb issue one came will. out October 2020. Issue four came out October 2021. And issue five is coming out in April, maybe. I thought it was scheduled for this month, for March, but I don't think it's happening. No, it got pushed back at least twice in April so far. I think I only wrote the first two issues. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) We're cool. I'm always like, I'm never going to remember if they're this far apart, so I'm just going to wait until it's done. It's also a different size, which harkens back to the original four issues, which were just a weird size that uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird could print in. Yeah. People are going to listen to this episode and they're like, that's just a guy rambling. And you're right, because we're just having fun. We were fun. three guys rambling. This is what happens when we let Jeff organize an episode. Well, dude, no, this is how the whole month is going to be. If you want to talk about Ninja Turtle comics and do it in an hour, what, what are we going to do? Yeah, we should. I was like, maybe we should each pick one issue. And Jeff's like, no, let's just ramble. And I was like, cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. that's what. This is what most podcasts are like. Yeah. What are we doing next episode? Next episode, I believe, is TV shows. We're going to be talking about there's a lot of TV shows, boys. And guys, if you thought they were all cartoons, you'd be sorely mistaken. You are a dumb bastard. There's an anime. Mm, we're not talking about that, though, because it's bad. <laughs> I've never seen that. No, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, what are we covering? Just broadly, what are the series? Well, the original series in 1987, uh, 1987. Next Mutation from 1997. 
the 2003 series, the 2012 series we'll touch on and the rise of the TMNT from 2019. Wow. Cool. Very cool. Damn. Yeah. Where can people find this podcast in the meantime on the internet? Honestly, guys, the best place you could find it is patreon.com slash talk me into because that's the only place online where you can get extra stuff that you can't hear anywhere else. Extra, extra. If you want to be just a casual fan, then you can find us on all your social media at talk me into on Twitter at talk me into pod on Instagram and at talk me into on TikTok. You can email us your thoughts, your grievances. Hey, do you like this style of podcasting or do you want us to get more focused at talkmeinto at gmail.com? Uh, yeah, we're available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jimmy, where can people find you? You can find me at youtube.com slash son of a fitch where I'll maybe post. I don't know. Jeff, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. I'm at Twitter. Dan. Dan. Underscore breakdown. What are you at? Underscore that's, breakdown. I, that's fine. What will we talk you into next? What will we ramble about next? Remembering to plug every member of the podcast. You're It'll nothing. never happen. You're nothing. I'm recording now. Okay, fourth time's Let's a stop. <laughs> Dan, you're gonna keep going. Suck those fingers. None. Suck your fingers. Lick those lips. No, not like that. I, I meant just get <laughs> stop the stop recording just, again. Just this get the grit off. This is the fremulum. Uh, <laughs> wow. How about this? Nope, not watching. I'm trying to start. I don't like that. Ew. Yeah, Who like rubs their tongue like that? That's that's the a TikTok trend. Tongue. You never saw that? No. What is it supposed to do? Make you glee? Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. It's supposed to feel like the underside of yeah, your a penis. Dick. And it does. <laughs> Why don't you just feel the underside of your penis? I'm in public. <laughs> so it's not that you want your penis to be stimulated. It. It's that you want to no, no. feel a penis with your finger. It's weird. Try it. Not really. Do I have a weird dick? <laughs> He's like, it doesn't have the third hole. <laughs> There's three. <laughs> Let me know when you're good. Dad. Yeah, I'm never recording here again. This was just a one-time thing. We'll never be able to ever again. That's why I offered. <laughs> Jeff's like, I'm the man of the house. <laughs> the ladies are gone. The, the little baby can't control me anymore. I was listening to a record at 11 p.m. last night. That's you. crazy. Yeah. The cops come. I was afraid they would. I was like, what if they come? <laughs> what if I come when they come? Okay. I got to figure out which I'm going to talk about. Well, no, dude, we're going to do a general how we got into Ninja Turtles first. Oh, we're not going to do a talking ourselves into? Oh, I forgot about that. I don't know how this podcast works. No, apparently not. It's only been like 500 episodes. Okay. Yeah. 170. Down on my side of town. And the whole world blue. I am blue. If I were green, I would die. If I were green, I would die. If I were green, I would die. I have a blue house with a blue window. Blue is the color of all that I wear.
I have a girlfriend, and she is so blue. Waffle. Dan is the muffin man. Dan, 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 Dan the, the muffin, muffin man. man. <laughs> That's your new name, you fucking idiot. You putting those muffins on the floor at all? Mm-hmm. That's where I got them from. The floor? Ooh, a Burberry muffin? That sounds exciting. I had a blueberry muffin super coffee yesterday, and it was okay. <clears throat> I thought that was okay. Bah. Are we back? Oh, yeah. We had the dandy and the muffin man and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uncle Beat said he was going to the movies, but we don't have a movie theater in our town. He just walked walked <laughs> away. All right, we ready? Yeah.